There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Welcome to another episode, a new episode, a new era. Oh, finally. Of. Finally back. Finally back. The the Devil's Advocate Podcast. Uh, I am Brandon, your host, and I am joined tonight by Franklin. How are you doing, Frank? I'm I'm fantastic. Let me tell you why, because we're finally back. It's yeah. been quite a while. It's been, uh, yeah, I don't think, I know we haven't put one out uh, in 2022. Uh, it's probably been at least a year. I know we had one during the pandemic, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's been, been a, a while. Been uh, heavily it's focused. For the dog's age, as they say. Yeah. Do they say yeah. that? I don't know. I don't know. Is that a, I don't is know that if a they country say fried phrase? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely been a while. Um, just uh, Brandon and Frank tonight, just myself and, and yourself. That's a weird fucking way to say that. Um, Jim is I not, prefer the king and I. The king and I. And I am the king. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Jim is not with us tonight because if you've been listening to Un-American, which I hope that you have, um, he has been uh, expecting a baby for a while. And so he is off having that baby. He's not having that baby I don't want to take. <laughs> we know what Jim did. Yeah, to, yeah. He put in very I, I little. I don't want to steal his wife's glory uh, moment there, but uh, yeah. So he, they are, they are welcoming a new addition to their family, which is awesome. Super happy for them. Um, I know once we're able to get back together in the same room, which will probably be a future episode of Un American, um, we'll get to hear more about that from him. So congratulations, Jim. We're very happy for you. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that brings us to me and my silver lining, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's a weird one. I have been, (laughs) I guess, kind of rekindling my very, I guess it would be like my, uh, early teenage years, um, with music. Okay. I was like, are you just being a bum and and (laughs) yeah. I found myself again. Right. <laughs> um, no. Uh, Linkin Park. Linkin Park has been in, like on a lot of my radio huh. lately, which is uh, weird. And I, I can tell you why. Um, it won't come as a surprise to you because we make music together on the, uh, the, the, on the side. Um, fun little fun little stuff that we do there i've been like really interested in transitions and listening to transitions and so like i i liked um kendrick lamar also like i know that you're a big fan of his new album i haven't heard the whole album i've heard snippets of it um but i but he does a lot of weird transitions oh yeah and so so, like sometimes two or three a song yeah so that got me thinking about just like the genre of rap rock that like existed in the 90s and 2000s and whatever and so i started thinking like well i want to go back and like remember 
Because I remember, like, when I was a kid, I was, like, very into rock at that stage. So I, I like, leaned toward, like, the Chester side of Linkin Park. And now I'm very, very into hip-hop and have been for several years. And so I was like, I want to go back and listen to that and hear how, like, the rap fits with that style of music. And, like, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't put them up in, like, the top anything as far as, like, lyricists or whatever. But, like, the way that they compose that music is like it's not bad for what it is um and so yeah it's just been weird something that like i never thought that that would be a silver lining that like hey i'm hearkening back to my lincoln park days but it's actually like i don't actually hate it i listened to that uh i think it probably started with that um like mashup album that they did with jay-z with jay-z yeah, yeah. um yeah and then from there i just kind of went back through their first couple of the black uh, hybrid three i don't remember the name it was the <laughs> hybrid theory and, and the black album the right? meteora was the second one okay um, no what was the name of the one they did with Jay Z though. Do you recall? Uh, I can't. Because it was Jay Z's Black Album mixed with uh, with uh, with the first two Linkin Park albums, right? There was like a remix album that came out in between Hybrid Theory and Meteora, and so it's like it it's Jay Z's album mixed with like the remixed versions of oh, the okay. song. And um, I believe they also did that at like live. On they like did a, a, on MTV. MTV, uh, like yeah. yeah, it was like an unplugged, but not because it was yeah, like electric and shit. Um, it's hard to do rap unplugged. Let's be honest. Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I don't, I don't hate it. Like I actually think that they put together some like really decent music for. Like the, I think the, I the have, alternative rock and hip hop crowd, like it it meshes well together. I, I'll be honest, I was never uh, a super big Linkin Park fan. My brother was into them a little more than I was. I knew them, and I definitely had that album because it sold fifty million copies. Yeah, who didn't. Yeah, definitely. but honestly, like it wasn't until Chester's like really unfortunate death that I went back through and like as an adult gave their discography another listen. Mm-hmm. I think it incredibly holds up. Hybrid Theory also like. Hybrid you talk, great. It, it captured a moment in time of that mm-hmm. early 2000s. Like, yeah. and it might not be a perfect album, but, like, the angst and, like, coming off the apathy of, like, the Gen X, like, the the hyper anger of, uh, of, like, emo. Like, and they have a little bit of emo in oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, I would say that they're just, like, pre-emo when that music scene, uh, like, took over. But I don't know. I think I think that it's good, like for what it is. Like I think like that if if you are trying to find a band that or like a group act whatever um, that like does if alternative rock is your thing, like that kind of music, like Nirvana, like you know trapped that type of shit drowning pool that's shit nirvana trapped i know that's like being lobster skittles well i didn't want like nirvana's grunge but like they're alternative oh rock. they're definitely yeah, yeah. i didn't want to i didn't want to get it's weird that your mind went the... to trapped next like you could have picked any band like I was stone just, temple pilot i was literally trying to think, think yes that's fair i was just trying to beck like when, whatever when you said trapped i was like oh shit that was a band they that didn't have band. just one song they, had, they did have just one song though that that mattered um, but yeah, no, Linkin Park, I think was like, I think I agree that it holds up and it's, it's just been weird. Cause that has been like a silver lining of the past week for me is yeah. that, like, this isn't horrible music and I've been listening to it's it. It's actually so. probably like falls into the genre of one of those albums that got a lot of acclaim when it came out, but was kind of dismissed by serious music, 
journalist. Yeah. But now later on, they'll write all these think pieces about the 20th anniversary, the album that defined the 2000s. Yeah. And it didn't get that kind of love. It got a lot of love on its release, but there were a lot of detractors also. Well, and as time went on, I think there became more detractors. Because, like, later, once they got into, like, their third and fourth album, there were a lot more, like, ballady songs. And then, like, it kind of felt nickelback to me. They kind of started that whole genre of these super depressing emo songs that exploded in these... um, anthem choruses right you had the rap verses which were, was like a precursor the idea of of marring like rock and pop with rap was so new at that time and they really tapped into the like now if you turn on the radio every song is that yeah every song is some raptastic verse that leads into this very pop chorus yeah or even rock chorus um yeah. so i think they became like it's interesting to hear they were they started like referencing themselves instead of like because they did pave the way. It it it's inter- it's weird and cool to hear like a dude who's like legit rapping. Like it's not they're not the greatest bars ever, but like he's legit doing like this kind of like emo rap, angsty rap thing and then like a dude screaming at the same time. Like and what I think the reason that I got drawn to it was because like i said like when i sit there and i make music i like to like experiment with how can i take uh, and i know that you do this all the time too like how can i take some sound that i'm working with and completely like make it this other sound like where's how do you and so like i started listening that they were my first band that i was like i want to hear these transitions like, i do this is what i want to park they has that great well. thing that again went on to become a staple that i love and it's once you figure out that you love it it's so hard to replicate in studio and you yeah. start to appreciate it more yeah that thing where you can keep a song at one tempo the entire time but somehow through the instrumentation, it seems like the chorus is going at double time. Yeah. Or triple. Or, you know, yeah, it seems it, like it ramps up. Even though if you're t- if you're keeping time with a metronome, same beat. Straight up. Yeah. But all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to open an episode when you haven't been around for like a year with like 10 minutes of Linkin Park. Um, I think that's also like a preempt. That's what, honestly, the devil's, we, we'll, that's what we, we yeah. bring up the the unpopular yeah. arguments. I, th- I think that like that that's a little bit of uh, subconscious like preemptive um a little levity yeah. for the heaviness. Yeah, like let's, today's let's, a somber day. Let's have a little bit of fun because on the day that we're recording this, uh, Roe v. Wade it has been overturned now officially today. Um, now this is let, let's take it back to May second of this year. Yeah, uh, Politico released a ninety-eight page draft, a leak um, uh, of an opinion authored by just, uh, Associate Justice uh, Samuel. Alito, right? Yeah, Alito. Um, so we knew this was coming for right. a couple months. But it's still shocking to be here on the day to be like, they're really going to go with minority rule. Okay. I, I think what uh, what fucked me up the most about it was that like, as people who uh, live and like record from St. Louis, right? Like, we're in Missouri like that. And so literally 60 minutes after... The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Missouri announced that, like they, like that, the Attorney General and whoever the fuck the other guy was, uh, um, I can't, I can't remember the title off the top of my head. But either way, like the two top officials in the Governor and the Attorney General, I think that's yeah, who it was. Yeah. Uh, like banned wasted no time wasted no time it was an hour it was one fucking hour and we'll see that later on because a lot of this is like in a lot of the argument from the supreme court which we're not going to get into too much we're going to go back in time mostly but 
a lot of the argument has been um we don't think this isn't about abortion it's about the states being able to choose we're we're returning power to the people yeah. populism they're they're wrapping in the blanket of populism but the problem is you can see how it's coordinated they didn't give people in missouri the, the option they didn't say let's put this on a ballot no. let's see who wants abortion. they just outlawed it yeah because we're a red state they can yeah. do that Yep, and then what do you think laws in Texas that is like if someone uh, if someone <clears throat> helps someone get an abortion you can sue them, you know you don't even have to be affected by it. Yeah, that is trying to prevent other states, liberal states, from enacting laws that are like safe havens for abortion. Right, They're trying to force us to be an abortion free nation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. It like it's um. A lot of this episode is just going to be like bitching and moaning, um, but which is what I I think why we decided to come back to this feed, right? Uh, is is because like there is a lot less structure here in in versus on American, um, and so yeah, I don't know, man. Like this, uh, the the way that Missouri wasted no time, the way that that's all coordinated to me, it's it's very fucking personal. It's personal because it's so historic, which is going to lead us into our first clip. Uh, this clip is just the announcement, the breaking news that I woke up and I saw it on my phone, as I do most news. You know, one of the first things I do is check the news in the morning. Uh, this is what you would have seen if you had had the TV on this morning. But more importantly, more than the announcement, is he's going to talk about how historic this is, that this has never happened before. And I just want, uh, this is uh, Pete Williams of NBC. Lester, in this historic decision, the Supreme Court has now overturned Roe v. Wade, overturned Roe v. Wade and the follow-on case called Casey, in, in which the abortion right was made nationwide. Those two rulings stood for the proposition that states could not ban abortion before the age of viability. They could restrict it during that period up to about 23 weeks, but they couldn't ban it. Now the Supreme Court has taken that guarantee away. Lester, this is the first time the Supreme Court has ever granted a constitutional right, which it did so when Roe was decided in 1973, and then took it away, a popular right that was widely recognized. So it's not just that, like, that, is, that has never happened before. Supreme Court has never said to a citizen, you have this right, and then later on said, oh, we're actually, you don't have that right. Right. Yeah, well, they're activist judges, like, right? Yeah. Like, it's activist judges. Who are planted there for this very reason. I hate using that term, too, because, like, that's some shit that MAGA people would say about anyone who <clears throat> didn't rule in Trump's favor, even though he appointed most of them. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, like, it, it is... But it does it that that's what it is. It's hard to look at these monumental cases that like that we see decided six to three over and over again and feel any other way than this is just activist judges and like evidence that the Supreme Court is one hundred percent political. If it's six oh, to three 100%. if it's six to three every time, then it's the, going to come down to party lines. Well, yeah, like and, everything in the House and in, the, in and, Congress and in the last not six one, years. Not, there's not one side that's worse at it because if the three are always three, and the six are always six, one hundred percent of the system is broken and depends on politics. Yeah, like that can't exist, and, right? And, and like Pete Williams just pointed out, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but like look at any poll, the support for abortion. Like even if it's barely a majority of the country, a little over fifty percent, it's still trumps the amount of people who think it should be illegal. Yeah, that is such a minority view in America. 
we're not ruling based on what the people think anymore. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it, you know, at this time, you would hope that the White House would have a steady hand at the wheel, someone competent, right? Someone, um, I don't know, who didn't come in thinking like, oh, we'll work with the Republicans. That'll work. Yeah. We'll bring back old school. Let's hear from our fearless fucking leader. Now, here, uh, it's hard not to bag on him because I don't want to no, do no, that thing of like he's adulting old man and like fuck him. But like, no, seriously, fuck him. Yeah, he's adulting old man. Yeah. <laughs> Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. And we're going to do nothing about it. That's the problem. Look, and I understand, like, me and you have talked about this off the mic. Biden's a Catholic, which means... Uh, there's, I grew up in a Catholic family. You did too. Uh, yeah. I know their stance that abort, but like Biden has had the stance that I've always had. Like, look, I would never personally want to get to force someone to get an abortion or to be involved with it. I'd prefer not to. But I'm not here to tell women what to do with their bodies. There's exactly. too many situations where I like. Yeah. That's, it, and that's not, that's literally like the place that you should be at. Everyone like there shouldn't there. There's no need for there to be extreme positions on this. Like there's well, such an easy when, uh, like uh, melancholy approach to it, which is just like, yeah, it's not my thing. But like, I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna ban it because that will cause harm. Right. Exactly. Like, it, it, like that is literally the, the simplest fucking way to, and, and, to approach abortion. And especially if the anti-abortion rhetoric is always wrapped up in religious aspects, you already lost me because we can't rule based on religion. We can't get that in the weeds about what one religion considers right. an evil. That's also in your precious document. Yeah. The, like, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It's. Uh, I don't know. That's the other thing that pisses me off about this entire fight between liberals and conservatives um, is that, like, we pick and choose, like, both sides pick and choose when they want to pull something from the Constitution, when it matters, like, what, and, like, it's all bullshit. It it does, to your point about uh, our fearless leader and, and reaching across the aisle, I do think that for as volatile as shit was, and you only have to go back because we've been gone for so long, a couple episodes, to hear how volatile shit was at the end of the Trump presidency. I think that, like, it's what we needed him to say during the campaign. So I'm yeah. okay, so I'm okay with that. The problem, I What think- I needed him to do, though, as soon as he got in here, was be like, okay, I'm a smart person. Fuck that. Like, they won't work with me. Liberals can't even convince each other. Like, leftist versus liberal, progressive versus leftist, progressive versus liberal. Like, within our own side, like, we can't convince each other, like, like what is extreme and what is not. How would anybody like Biden, who is very, like, classic Democrat, how would he think that we were going to reach across the aisle and just, like, shake hands with Matt Gates? And Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and like, what? Yeah, like you needed to come in on day one and be like, you remember that shit I said? I'm also realistic because we all knew they were gonna lie. I want to bring up this point too because I couldn't find clips of this, but we, if you've been listening to Un-American, uh, one of the the targets of our ire is fucking Senator Joe Manchin, 
who's been a, 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 a thorn in the side of any kind of Biden agenda. Right. You know, um, also one of the people that voted to confirm Kavanaugh that led us to this fucking moment. Yeah, of course. Of course. He yeah. Did. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to find the exact quote, but uh, they've essentially taken to uh, the rhetoric that they were misled. Uh, Susan Collins, Joe Manchin, uh, uh, Gorsuch, all these people who voted for Kavanaugh, but said like when people rightly expressed, uh, they've they've had a lot of anti Roe versus Wade rhetoric. Right. They said, "Oh no, they they assumed us, they assured us it was settled law. We don't have to worry about that." Yeah, and now they're being called out, which is like, what good's it going to do, really? It doesn't do any like, good. It now. Didn't, yeah, we it's it's the same thing as uh, trying to call out the the MAGA voter, right? Like doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the jan 6 committee hearings produce it doesn't matter if the doj picks up shit and tries to like because like those guys are so dug in that like i mean even mitch like i had a conversation with mitch recent recently and like like i think he's at a place where he is not he i I would not call him a trump supporter anymore but like i think that like he still to some degree has trouble uh, like stepping, walking back any of the arguments that he made on this show. Like yeah. they were, like I think that there's like this idea, like or like they were right then and they're still right now. Except like I, but things went wrong. But they made went, them seem wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, it's, that doesn't work. And so like calling Joe Manchin out and being like, hey, dude, we told you what was going to happen doesn't really fucking matter yeah and, and biden's remarks about reaching across the aisle were laughable then when we're like we see what they're doing right i mean you've been pointing out to this whole podcast tdap is if nothing and not if not a document about how two guys became radicalized in five years yeah when we started listen back i wasn't on the beginning but listen back to you in the beginning how fair you were trying to be to trump oh dude and then how long it took us to get to the point of like oh he's just an evil dude yeah. that was always obvious we saw it but we were like no benefit of the doubt yeah you know like for so long it, it's, it's infuriating yeah it is crazy because if you do go back and start over right it, it's in, it, it's, it's wild so that we don't long. start if we were alex jones if we were um mark levin any of those fucking <clears throat> a scam artist we would start every episode with, I told you so. Right. I've told you so a million fucking times. I'm always right. Yeah. I'm not going to be that. Ir- I'm never always right. I'm always wrong. But like my gut feeling about politicians, I will say, has been fucking pretty top tier. Yeah. And that I don't like any of them. Yeah. Well, and and there's no real reason to like they don't give us any reasons to to like them. There's yeah. a couple of politicians that I think I like, but I'm sure I would be disappointed, disappointed. if they got in yeah. power. Yeah. Yep. Um. Speaking of politicians we don't like, let's shift over to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Oh, yay. My favorite douchebag. Human bag of feces. The court affirmed that the power to protect unborn life is returned to the people and their elected representatives. The people have won a victory. The right to life has been vindicated. The voiceless will finally have a voice. Oh my God! He says that as he's talking to the voiceless who have no voice. Well, I think he's actually talking. At one point, they all say like "Amen" and start like praising him. I think, I think he's talking to like a religious 
like consortium or so, of some sort. Either way, regardless. like as it's being played on TV, because that's where the clip comes from, right? Is yeah. somewhere on TV. Yeah, it was like CNN or something. Like yeah. he's literally talking to millions of poor people who will be negatively <clears throat> impacted by this. Life is not vindicated for them. It is the opposite of that. Um, now let's look at how we got to this point, right? Trump lost Trump lost the popular vote. Three million more Americans wanted Hillary to be president than him. But the Electoral College is a fucking bitch, and we've argued about it for years, so let's not rehash it. But, right. So Trump gets in, and then because of McConnell's fuckery, he gets to appoint two judges, and then three, mm-hmm. right? And then he breaks a bunch of laws, gets impeached twice, gets kicked out. We get another president, but the cement has already dried. The message has been written. And they take away – it's not giving the power to the people. No. The people expressly rejected Trump yeah. and, and what he did mm-hmm. during his four years. Yes. And now they don't give a fuck about that. Right. So it's not populism. It's not returning the vote well, to the people. It's returning it to the minority of voters. Right. So only 30% of – or less than that want abortion illegal. Right. And Well, and that's the big point. Like you can't sit here and tell me that this is returning power to the people when 70% of people – do not agree with this decision. Especially if that was the case, let's put it on the ballot. We have a midterm coming up. Put it on the ballot in every fucking state. And let's the state let the, the state decide. Yeah, their people decide. Should abortion be illegal, partially illegal, whatever? Yeah, it's. But it's, they know they would lose that. They can't rule. Yeah, they can't get the votes to actually rule. So they have to scam and scheme and steal. What is the fucking end game here? Like, why? Why an ethno Christian state? That's pretty much it. Like a white Christian state is what they're after. So this is just this is just straight fascism. Yeah. Like it's dude we're only gonna be able to make this show for so much longer before we're not allowed to make it anymore. Because we're just calling for revolution? Well, no, because That's my fear. Because we're gonna be fucking censored or jailed or some shit for even like if if we can attack all of the rights that we see under attack since the beginning of this show, since the beginning of the Trump presidency, and I'm not saying that, like, America sucking ass it starts with Trump. Yeah, yeah, it goes back way it further. It certainly became uh, transparent when Trump took office. It became exacerbated. Like, yeah. it was there under Bush. It existed under Obama. It existed under Clinton and Reagan and other Bush and Nixon. Like, it's existed forever. Um, and at times, it's been ramped up. Trump put like nitrous oxide on it. Um, he hit the Nas. He hit the Nas. Fast and Furious lingo. Yeah, uh, back from my Lincoln Park days. Um, <laughs> it all ties together. Yeah, it it just it. Yeah, it's one of the problems. One of the reasons I'm glad we came back to TDAP because if you listen to all these in order, even though there's a huge gap, it's still going to be like a, drawing a straight line between the disappointment you and I feel at the general course america has taken yeah it has not put us on a good path on almost any front no it's 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 hard to find anything to be optimistic about in this country yeah uh i think there's another season of like stranger things coming (laughs) it's already out it's already out so fuck it (laughs) and i think that's the last season oh shit um so yeah i don't know getting to our point that like this has been a long time coming me and you have seen um, we saw this when they were trying to confirm Kavanaugh. Yeah. Much, much less, um, what's her name? Uh, 
Coney Barrett. Yeah, Coney Barrett. Um, we saw this before any Supreme Court justices were appointed when McConnell yeah, the, was appointing uh, 10 billion judges. Do you remember when judges? Trump was really pro-life? Or pro, uh, pro choice, like that was his whole shtick for years and years well, until he needed the votes. And he even was at the beginning of the campaign. Yeah, in he was 2015. To come I wish yeah. I would have pulled that clip, but um, we're gonna get into these next next couple clips are all related. We're gonna go back in time to uh, the time when Kavanaugh was having his confirmation hearing, which I know we covered on this podcast. You can go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, this first clip is from. Diane Feinstein, she's going to set up the question that is going to be spent the next four clips. Kavanaugh's going to dodge that question. <laughs> but this okay. is the question he's going to dodge. We have an email that was previously marked confidential but is now public and shows that you asked about making edits to an op-ed that read the following, and I quote, First of all, it is widely understood, accepted by legal scholars across the board that Roe v. Wade and its progeny are the settled law of the land, end quote. You responded by saying, and I quote, I'm not sure that all legal scholars refer to Roe as a settled law of the land at the Supreme Court level, since court can always overrule its precedent, and three current justices on the court would do so. This has been viewed as you saying that you don't think Roe is settled. I recognize the word said is what legal scholars refer to. So please, once again, tell us why you believe Roe is settled law. And if you could, do you believe it is correctly settled? All right. I'm going to let you make your point here in just a second because I know you got one. But can I just say, like, I hate procedure. Like, if I was Diane Feinstein or Feinstein or whatever, like, I, like, that's a, that's so lawyerly worded that it's, like, almost just a softball. When like she's you telling him say, how to respond. What she's doing is lawyerly trying to uh, circumvent what she thinks his dodge is going to be. Right. Which we're going to see in the next four clips. He's just going to dodge it anyway. Yeah. But I understand your point because, like, what it boils down to her is she... she she should just say, yo, people have had this right since, like, 63. Do right. you think it's right, yes or no? That's as simple as this question needs to be, yeah. right? It's important, uh, if you're going to be a Supreme Court justice, that uh, to, to know your take on whether something that has been a constitutional right for yeah. 60 years is... Although, let's not forget, too, all of this didn't matter because the Republicans controlled both houses of Congress at that time. Uh, or no, they controlled the Senate though. Yeah, and the Senate was going to approve the judges, so like yeah. it really didn't matter. Like this, this she was asking this for history. It it matters to people like Joe Manchin. It matters Democrats to real that, people. Well, and Democrats that voted, Demo- like Joe Manchin voted to confirm Kavanaugh. A bunch yeah. of Democrats did because they were in Trump red states, and now they're going to come out and say, "Oh, I was misled." We're going to see right now through Kavanaugh's answering, they weren't misled. He was signaling and tap dancing around this issue because they knew exactly what they were going to do and what they were planning to do and what they've been planning to do since the fucking 80s. So thank you, Senator Feinstein. In that draft letter, uh, it was referring to the views of uh, legal scholars, and I think I, I think my comment in the email is that might be overstating the position of legal scholars, and so it wasn't a technically accurate description in the letter of what legal scholars thought. At that time, I believe Chief Justice Rehnquist and Justice Scalia were still on the 
court at that time, but the, the broader point was simply that I think it was overstating something uh, about legal scholars, and I'm always concerned with accuracy, and I thought that was not quite accurate description of legal all legal scholars, because it referred to all. To your point, uh, your broader point, uh, uh, Roe v. Wade is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. It's been reaffirmed many times. It was reaffirmed in Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992 when the court specifically considered whether to reaffirm it or whether to overturn it. In that case, uh, in great detail, the three justice opinion of Justice Kennedy, Justice Souter, and Justice O'Connor went through all the factors, the stare decisis factors, analyzed those, and decided to reaffirm Roe. That makes uh, Casey precedent on precedent. It's been relied on. Casey itself has been cited as authority in subsequent cases, such as Glucksburg and other cases. Uh, so that precedent on precedent is quite important in, as you think about uh, stare decisis in this context. Yeah, all well, that's true, but you're not saying shit. You're not well, saying it, what your if opinion is. If it was precedent is. on precedent, it, you didn't, it didn't matter. You fucking got rid of it. Yeah. It didn't matter if it was the basis for a bunch of rulings and it was important and... Yeah, his whole answer was, this is what has already happened. Yeah, not what uh, I believe will, okay. should happen or will happen if I get on the court. Yeah. yeah. It's just he's tapped in around the answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... It's, Frustrating, too, because of the theatricality of the Supreme Court nomination and how... It's frustrating because of the theater that has become politics in general. Like, because, like, this wasn't the first thing. Like, Kavanaugh wasn't the first story of the Trump years where shit just, like, got either bulldozed or stonewalled, you know? And, like, it feels like... And it's not just the Trump years. Like, Congress hasn't worked really since, like, Obama got elected because that's when all of the old white guys felt threatened by the black guy, and they were like, you know what? And, and under Mitch McConnell's leadership, we're uh, like, you 100%. know what? Like, I, my... He said that in... an Like, he said when he was asked in... A, I don't... I guess... I don't know if you'd call it an interview. I guess you would. He's, like, one of those passing in the hall moments or whatever. Yeah. But, like, said that, Like, he's... His biggest goal of the of Obama's first term was making sure that he was a failed president. Yeah. Like that was his goal and that is what Congress has been doing since. Not just on one side. The Democrats are just as guilty as Republicans of of only playing games. Well, it, what the problem is that they're only ruling for the people who voted for them. You used to have this yeah. thing in politics. Whenever you got voted, you would talk about the fact, like, look, I'm not only the president of the people who voted for me. I'm the president of the people who didn't vote for me, and right. I'm going to serve them. Uh, whether it's Kavanaugh, whether it's Trump, or even Biden, you're right. It is both sides. There's this thing about they only want to be the president for the people that voted for them, which yeah. is not how politics is supposed to work. You cannot. No, it can't. You can't just do things to the people who voted for you. Yeah. Minority rule will lead this country to ruin, and I would argue it already has yeah. since – fucking bush one 2000 in a very shady way and yeah i mean it's already fucked like we're just waiting for the, the yeah. shoe to drop right like literally if you discount 2004 because we were at war and patriotism was still high because of 9-11 a republican has not won fairly in 30 or 40 years yeah right this is before we were born yeah like you know before clinton really 
that's uh, <laughs> the modus operandi of Republicans have pretty much been like, only our voters matter. They're the populist. We're going to return vote. Like when they say we're going to return power to the people, what they mean is we're going to return power to the people who like what we say. White men. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people who vote based on family values right. and that kind of bullshit, re- bullshit rhetoric yep. that doesn't mean anything. Yep. Oh. Like, is this supposed to help family values? What problem was abortion causing in this country? Exactly. Because as, as far as I see it, the problems in this country are um, people are too poor to afford things like houses, food, comfortable living. Right. Having kids exacerbates that problem yeah. because they cost a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Rightfully so. You're, you know, like... Inflation exacerbates that. Gas prices We can't get fucking that. medical care. Why, why would anyone want to have a kid when it costs you, what, like 20 grand? And in, in fucking, uh, you've had a kid too. It costs you a lot of money yeah, in fucking, it, in, in what they charge you to be in the hospital over overnight birth. Yeah, and they're not cheap. It's not cheap visits. to have a offspring. And it's certainly not cheap once they come out to have to feed them and clothe them and right. educate them. There was no problem that abortion was causing. It wasn't causing the downfall of this country. No. Unless you think that family values and the idea of a mom, a dad, 2.5 kids, that's the only thing that works, which I reject wholeheartedly. I don't understand how we have decided – well, and we haven't. And I think that's the most frustrating thing. Like, can't even finish the thought. The thought is I I can't believe that we're jumping back in time 70 years and and – We're less progressive than 1960 and 70 America. Yeah. But we're, we didn't make this decision. A, a group of our fucking idiot leaders did. Yeah. And like... Based on the, the loud vocal minority, yeah. right? It's the people who it's leave not even comment the, sections and scream like, and yell. Like, I honestly don't even think... The only time that abortion gets talked about in comment sections is when abortion is... It, it only gets brought up by commenters when... It is a story because of right-wing politics. Like, if people shut the fuck up, like, it's it's not hurting anybody. And the only people that get mad about it are the religious right. And then it triggers people who would normally not think about the topic at all or comment on it to feel like they have an allegiance to one side of the argument or the other. And it's like, but on a daily basis, whenever some fucking Lauren Boebert isn't bringing it up, like, do any of us think about abortion? No. No. Does it affect most of our lives? No. For most people, it's the kind of thing that they, except for rare cases where they need it once in an emergency and it saves their life in some way. Or, or prevents their life it, from going off the rails. And even if it's a choice, it's a choice. Like, yeah. who, who the like, fuck am I to tell you what to do with your body? Is this not the exact same argument as forcing a fucking vaccine or whatever? Like, if you're... I don't understand, like, the... Like the I don't, right idea of, like, personal freedom, except you can't choose this one thing. It, it's literally whatever I want. Like, that's how yeah. the right views it. It's whatever's good for me is... Whatever lets me sleep at night. Which, I don't understand why it, why it has to be me or. Like, just do you. If you don't have an abortion... Good on you. Good on you. Yeah. I would, nobody's never, saying, I, I would never pay for an abortion willingly. Like, I mean, no, like, like Nobody's telling you but to... It's not my choice. Yeah. Nobody's telling you to raise your kids and tell them that abortions are great and that, that or even that it's an option. Yeah. Don't. If you're, if you're a religious, like if you're a, a 
Catholic, like the family that I grew up in or whatever, um, then, and I think a lot of us as we've grown have gotten a little bit more progressive in our thinkings, especially about certain topics, but like definitely in my childhood, like abortion was like an evil, like it was a, it was a sin or whatever. You can feel that way and still shut the fuck up. And not have shit you know to say about it. That, uh, don't sin, and then don't worry about other people that sin. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know how many people think that the death penalty is a sin? And yeah. You know they'll protest it. They're not happy with it. Oh, you mean but, the exact same thing? Playing God the ex- uh, on the other on end the of other, life. Uh, yeah. Life. But you don't have a problem yeah. with it because they think that babies are born in a vacuum. That babies don't grow up to be humans. You know, like because babies are pure. They're this this. The same people that hate abortions and want to make sure that. That who who would say that like oh it's a baby at this stage whatever made up stage they decide because it seems to just keep getting earlier and earlier. Um, I think Louisiana made it like at uh not at conception the moment they leave it in after sex. <laughs> it pretty much like it yeah. it was pretty much like the uh, moment that the that the sperm like enters the, the egg. egg. I can't remember exactly how it was. Which, uh, good luck verbiage. finding out you're pregnant before then. Yeah. Um but you know, it like <sighs> and it'd be one thing if the people that were against abortion had a viewpoint that look like I don't like a, I love kids. Like I don't like abortion. It makes me feel bad because that could could have been something. I get all those fucking mushy, touchy feely, heart string pulling arguments. Right. But at the same time, if you're gonna say that you can't have abortion, then you have to go a little further and say, all right, well, people are gonna have kids that they can't afford that they don't want. Right. So, so we're gonna have to put a lot of money into um, social safety nets. Social safety nets into if you do have a kid that you can't afford, that we're gonna pay for their medical care, their food, uh, a good school. Especially since we, as the state, are making are the decision. Making you do this. Yeah, we're, we're making the decision and that you have honest, to do this. The only reason the right, if you boil it down, really want to do this is to refill the 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 machine of white people who are going to continue to make money for the rich oligarchs and the businesses and make sure that we don't get replaced white replacement theory. That's all they want, right? They just want fucking uh, more, more poor, more poor people, more butter to churn. It's just, we're just a fucking yeah. uh, resource. Uh, Cogs in the capitalist machine, right? Yeah. To make some because some the moment you're born rich. as a kid, they don't give a fuck. If your parents are poor, well, fuck you. You're gonna live in a trailer for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you're not gonna be able to afford college. Snap, you fucking leech. Like, yeah. Like, if you're gonna be against abortion, that's fine. You're gonna have to pay for a bunch of kids you don't that no one wants because yeah. the people having them don't want them. So you're gonna have to step up. And if you're not willing to step up, then go the fuck away and don't have an opinion about this. Yeah. It's so frustrating to me that they're only. George Carlin had that bit about, like, they're only concerned about you until you come out, and unless you turn 18, and they can draft you. They don't give yeah. a fuck about anybody 1 to 18. Yeah. Or, in this case, uh, at 18, I think you can now go into credit card debt. Yep. There and, you go. And you can become another part of the machine that's getting fucking Musk richer. Yep. So let's, we're getting off topic. Let's like have an. <laughs> That's okay. It's TDAP. We can. <laughs> we're kind of known for rants. A similar analogy: uh, the United States versus Dickerson case in 2000, where the court considered whether to overturn Miranda versus Arizona or to reaffirm it. And in that case, uh, the court, through Chief Justice Rehnquist, specifically reaffirmed Miranda, despite the fact that Chief Justice Rehnquist had been a critic of Miranda in his early days and had uh, written some opinions quite critical of it. 
it became that, so that Dickerson case is similarly precedent on precedent, which is important uh, going forward as you think about the stare decisis uh, calculation for a case like Miranda. Uh, so that's uh, why uh, uh, both of those cases, Planned Parenthood versus Casey and Dickerson, are cases where I would refer to them as precedent on precedent. That means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. He even he even tried to put this in of like, look, in Dickerson, Rehnquist was Rehnquist was critical, but he still affirmed. Uh, my next question would be like, okay, Mr. Kavanaugh, Why you're did, critical of Roe Ro v. Wade. Will you vote to confirm yeah. that it's legal? He's the, trying to tap dance around and be like, look, this other guy went against his conscience to vote, so uh, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. But who knows? Um, because I'm not going to say yes or no. Yeah, this is bullshit. And the fact that she's letting him get away with it is because, well, first of all, it's because he's a decent speaker. Like, he, he's able to, like, Well, and let's commit. be honest. He was, when when Trump had a list of people, he knew months before this that he was getting coached by lawyers mm-hmm. and his own personal legal team that he was paying thousands upon thousands of dollars for a day yeah. to get him to be a Supreme Court justice for life. Like, yep. let's not add, like, every question they throw at him, he, in his head, has answered it a million times. Yep. He knows how to deflect. This is written down by a team of lawyers. 100%. Yep. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he goes on. Oh, he, he just keeps going. I mean, I, I wish he wouldn't, but. So you believe it's uh, correctly settled, but is it correct law, in your view? Senator, there's, uh, on that uh, case, or on. Uh, Dickerson or on cases uh, like Citizens United or Heller or United States versus Lopez or Kelo, just the whole body of modern Supreme Court case law, I have to follow what the nominees who've been in this seat before have done. Judge, a yes or a no will do. Well, I'm uh, just if I can briefly explain. Yes, you can. Briefly, I'll try to be brief, but uh, this, when you're in this seat, I'm not just sitting here for myself. I'm sitting here as a representative of the judiciary and, and the obligation to preserve the independence of the judiciary, which I know you care deeply about. And so one of the things I've done is studied very carefully what nominees have done in the past, what I've referred to as nominee precedent. And uh, Justice Ginsburg, but really all the justices, have not given hints or forecasts or previews. And Justice Kagan I think captured it well, as she often does, with in talking about questions like the one you're asking, you can't give a thumbs up or thumbs down and uh, maintain the independence of the judiciary. So I need to follow that nominee precedent here. Uh, again, like, oh, it's People so, didn't answer it, the question in the past, so why should I have to so answer it? It's so carefully worded. Like, even, like, he kind of made it lean to, like, well, I should be following... He at one point he says I have to follow what's been done, and then he even kind of like walks that back, and he's like, "So I should be," and and, and like uh, it's so carefully worded. Also, can I say fuck Feinstein? Like a hundred percent for like. Just, can I answer? Is like no, no. I asked you a yes or no question. You can answer yes or no. If you can't do that as a judge, right? That's pretty bad. Yeah, and it's like if I can briefly. And she was like, yeah, go Have ahead. Have done she, anything she, briefly? She just gave him. Gave him the floor. Yeah. And what this was the doing? opposition. This was like the most we can muster. I mean, we, I mean I, we're not going to go through all of Kavanaugh. It was multi-days and, and they got right. into the I like beer and all that stupid yeah. shit. But it's frustrating when he was like, when asked about questions, he's like, well, you know, other people haven't answered questions. They've snuck around questions in the past, so I consider now, that a precedent upon a precedent. Now, so gran- I'm going to sneak around a question. Granted. There might be a little bit of fatigue anyway. Like, let's give 
I'm trying to give the Democrats and the, like the opposition as much of a benefit of a, of the doubt as I can because like they couldn't do anything. We like, all knew how it was going to tr- These were a formality. Yeah. He was getting on the fucking bench. Everything that they did during the Trump years, like they didn't, they couldn't actually do. Like it took so much to get fucking impeachment. It took so much to get different investigations about the dossier and the fucking, what was the thing that I printed out? The Mueller report. Yeah. Um, you know, the, all of that took so much effort and barely like squeaked by and everything else just fell. Like, so like maybe there is a little bit of fatigue and that's why she's let him go. But it, oh, doesn't, I mean, and, it doesn't look good. If we're already, what, this was 2017, right? 18, 18 yeah, right around there. So about five years ago, either way. Uh, Damn, it's been, oh God, time is the son of a bitch. Yeah, right? So five years ago, but we're already listening back to this and as kind of like people who would it's not in the history book yet but this is kind of a history book and we're listening back to it and we're just like this doesn't play well like well, this honestly, doesn't this isn't good and this is probably a little bit of a knock on us but we're on a thread that, or a feed you can go back and you can listen to the episodes we were doing around this time i know we talked about kavanaugh we didn't give him the full time of the day and the weight. We didn't base an entire segment or entire episodes around him right. because we all knew what was going to happen yeah that he was going to be fucking uh, approved yeah and there you were know? also other so, horrible stories happening the idea of being that... defeatist i get it you know the last fucking seven years have, ta- have taught me nothing if not that like my most pessimistic ideas are the most realistic but i'm also not being i didn't get the people didn't vote me into office to fix a problem right you know it's not my responsibility me and you do this podcast out of our because we want to yeah you know out of our boredom out of our fascination with the train wreck that is american politics right whatever we don't have a duty Beyond just the typical voter duty. Yeah. When people like Diane Feinstein and, and Nancy Pelosi, who we'll get to in a minute, or Biden, go in with this idea of like, oh, we'll reach across the aisle. Like, what fucking – if me and you can see how divided and how unrealistic that is from our little seats in the basement, mm-hmm. they work in D.C. They work on the Hill. Yeah. They fucking know how – Unhospitable well, it has hospitable it is it has become to to go back to uh the uh, earlier point that I made um you and I don't like Joe Biden Democrats we don't like Joe Manchin Democrats we don't like I think that we like AOC's better we like Bernie's better but like I think that. Still, AOC would disappoint me. I think still Bernie would disappoint me because I don't think that they're, I don't think, to, to some extent, I don't think that they take it far enough, some things. Um, and so, like, if, if within our own side, our, like, we can't agree on what is the path, I just don't. I just don't see like where we're at, especially now post Trump and like all of the everything, something like from early episodes of this show, we always, one of the main themes was just like how hot the climate is, the political climate. We need someone to cool it down. Yeah. And, and and like, so I understand where Biden was coming from when he came in. Yeah. That's why I said add to the rhetoric. Yeah. It's it's good that he said that during the campaign, but like once you got in there and like now you're not the worst option, the worst case scenario didn't happen. Like 
you have to recognize like for as hard as it is for us to like mansion democrats who i wouldn't even i don't I, you and we i i don't, don't think even we consider them not democrats. yeah he's not a democrat in my eyes but like for that to be the case like there's no amount of region across the aisle that's gonna work i don't yeah. want to reach across the aisle to fascists like i don't want to yeah like there are a couple of good republicans i think that and i wouldn't say that i agree with their policies good like but i that, think they at least like uh yeah, that's weird. Liz like, Cheney, Liz Cheney, uh, kissing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Kissing, um, not Kissinger. No, uh, I know that's where my head went to. It always is. Uh, um, but Mitt Romney, Kissinger. What the hell is it? How you, it's it's similar. It is similar yeah. to that. He's the Illinois representative. Yeah, who's on the Jane Six committee. Yeah, those kind of people. But I think you're right. I don't agree with their politics, and I'd probably disagree with them on almost every point. But I think they have a a moral stance that they're willing to stick by. Yeah, which I, don't, I appreciate. But that's such a low bar. I don't want the fires of hell to dissolve those people. Yeah, but Marjorie such... Taylor Greene is a different fucking story. But if, if there are like only a handful of Republicans that I think are even like I disagree with everything you stand for, but at least you stand for something, which eighty five percent of your fucking party does not. Yeah, I don't know how we get back from that. <laughs> like, there's either. no amount of president. Like, and and the weird thing is because Biden won, he somehow thinks that this reach across the aisle rhetoric is what got him into office. That's what America wants. No, Trump is what got him into office. They would have voted for anybody. Yeah, besides Trump. I have literally said multiple times I would have voted for Richard Nixon, post embarrassment. Watergate. Yeah, yeah post Watergate over Donald Trump. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. That. It, so I. I don't know. We're stuck in this weird thing. Place. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Richard Nixon at least didn't like, he wasn't like tempting nuclear shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Like, you know? he at least opened with trade with China. <laughs> like, he was a politician. Yeah, he was corrupt as shit. I'm not saying he wasn't equally as corrupt as, as Trump, but he wasn't like bombing shit without telling the military. Right. Uh, speaking of uh, the most corrupt, let's let's let Kavanaugh finish up his thoughts and do his final dodge. Now we know Feinstein just gave him the floor to ramble on and on and work his way around questions without answering them. So let's yeah. see how he continues. Um, during your time in the Bush White House, the administration actively took steps to limit women's reproductive choices. This included reimposing the global gag rule to prevent foreign organizations from spending their own money on reproductive health and trying to prevent the FDA from making Plan B contraception available over the counter. During your service at the White House, 201, 2001 to 2006, did you work on any issues related to women's reproductive health or choice? Uh, there, uh, president Bush uh, was a pro-life president. Um, and so his policy was uh, pro-life, and those who worked for him, therefore, had to assist him, of course, in uh, pursuing those policies, whether they were regulatory. There was uh, partial birth legislation uh, that was passed uh, as well. And uh, some of those things uh, might have crossed my desk. I can't uh, remember specifics, but he... Uh, I think this came up uh, in Justice Kagan's uh, when she worked for President Clinton. He was uh, had a different view than President Bush on that issue, and she had some uh, some work for President Clinton. I, I consider myself working for President Bush. I was uh, there to uh, assist him. Okay, cool. So again, nothing. Yeah. Like, 
So, like, if my boss tells me to, I'll do it? Like, that's not the answer we want from a Supreme Court justice who is supposed to think independently and fairly and unbiasedly, right? Yeah. He, just to be like, well, he was a pro-life judge. So I just did the thing he told me to do. It sucks that, like, the Trump years were so fucking chaotic because, like, this stuff should have been what was on the news every night. Like, this, yeah. like, people talking about, like, the reality of, like, hey, Roe v. Wade could get overturned, right? Like, that is something that we really need to talk about and, like, and as a people, like, decide, like, what the hell. And I would even argue more, like, because that was even the, the far-thinking thing with Bush, like, during his time, to be like, oh, they might one day overturn Roe. But what should have been happening more, which we didn't see nearly enough of, was the talk about the Patriot Act and the erosion of our rights right in front of us yeah. during our like before well, we let even it the happen years, even the years before me and you could vote yeah. we already lost so many rights that we hadn't even technically got yet as right. a voter yep and we knew we were in bad state when the person actually hammering this the best was a fucking comedian every mm. night on a show that was ostensibly a joke about politics yeah. and he was covering it better than Fox or CNN was yeah who were getting sucked up into the I will say, I talking will, points of the war or I whatever always love that like I kind of wear that as a badge um, because that was such a talking point from boomers when several years ago, a decade ago or whatever, that like, oh, millennials get their news from Comedy Central or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but he's, you don't watch it, so you don't understand why. Like, he's he's telling us what's actually happening, and like, no one else is. Yeah. Um, everybody and else yeah, he's is doing it with, their... And he's doing it with silly skits and absurd jokes, but he's also doing... John Stewart to this day still had better fucking interviews with politicians than most of the time they would go on right. Fox in like That's also though like you need that. Like you need that in the zeitgeist. Like yeah. you need that energy in the world that like I think part of the reason I don't think that every episode that we do of this show or of Un-American is funny. I think that there are some episodes that are that are pretty funny and I think that there are other episodes that like the topic doesn't or the conversation anyway doesn't lend itself to it just doesn't warrant the humor yeah that, we yeah. don't make as many jokes well, weird, I feel like this is one of them that like we we're not making as many jokes right yeah. um but I also think that part of the reason that like some of those episodes are funny is because like we have to have that like the shit that we talk about and that we're pointing out is so depressing that like if you don't laugh about it, then you go insane. If you're somebody like me who like, well, you, you sent me, I know like you started the show saying like, if you woke up this morning, this is what you saw. You fucking sent me that and ruined, ruined my day. I think I ruined about four or five of our friends days. Um, I didn't realize. And the thing is like, you've said through the whole episode, like I, I knew it was coming May 2nd. We all knew it was coming. Um, and it's still just like, as soon as it landed, it was like, what the fuck? It's like all of a sudden you live in a fundamentally different country. Yeah. Where something that you could do yesterday now will get you arrested. Something that you've always known for your whole life is a fundamental right. Yeah. And honestly, one that most people probably only ever like, I don't know about you, but like the role abortion has played in my life is I vaguely know of a couple people in my life who have gotten one. Yeah. I don't right? even know if I know somebody and like, a lot of those are just in passing. They're not the kind of thing because they're not the kind of thing people talk, tell you about, right. you know, or that it's even my business. 
Yeah, no. So it's like, like people I've gotten close to who have told me about it, you know, like, oh, like we were pregnant. I got someone pregnant and I was 17 and neither one of us were ready. So we ended up, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't judge you. I don't look at you different. No. You know, I actually probably think that your life is probably on a better track because you were, you're barely ready to be a dad now. And I know you, you definitely were not ready at seven fucking teen. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that for a party that is so much like, we don't need big government. Like, banning something is the ultimate. Yeah. Taking away freedom is the exact opposite of what makes us, quote unquote, the greatest nation. And to do it based on the fanatical religious element in this country, which are the people like... Nine times out of ten, if you run into someone who's against religion and you ask, it's because of their faith. Or they are religious, and it's tied in even loosely to the idea that it's a sin. It's kind of a weird play for Republicans to still be courting the right so hard. Like the Christian element. Because, like, year by year, less and less people buy into religion well and they're also using that as a selling point though it's like oh family values are going down how do i know because less and less people are religious yeah as if those two things are in any way tied together no what is tied together is people are less religious because of dickheads like you who abuse this shit and then turn people off or people like me and you who grew up in the early 2000s when it was nothing but sex abuse scandals and what did the church do yeah they shuffled those people around yeah they didn't give a fuck about the people being hurt no they showed their true colors and it put a lot of people off yeah especially of organized religion I still think if you took the temperature of this country spiritually, quote unquote, it would be very high. Yeah. People are going to be naturally spiritual. We live in a fucked up world where you lose people is no one wants to go to a building and give a tithe of 10% to people who are protecting child rapists. Yes. You know, or or just not protecting their rights and telling them they're sinners. Like, I get enough of this with every other aspect of my life. I don't even come here and told that God hates me. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Uh... I don't know. I guess people who like really like dive into that religious element um, probably view it differently than somebody like myself who like I was like when I, I was raised that way. So like at a certain point around like 14 or 15 is when I kind of broke away and was like, yeah, I don't know about there's a lot of you guys. I spent a lot of time afraid of going to hell and like that's kind of fucked up. And um but, like, people like my mom, like, they don't see it that way. Like, and I don't I don't know why. Like, I've had conversations with her about going to private school and been, like, like, the whole thing was, like, to make you afraid. And she's like, no, it wasn't. And, like, she truly believes that it wasn't. Like, and I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know how we all experienced it in the same fucking way. But, like, it wasn't great. Like, and I can't even argue because, like, I also grew up in a Catholic family. I I was not raised religious, and I did not go to Catholic school, but my mom and uncle and everyone did. And the thing uniformly in my life that I've seen is that if you were forced to go to a religious school growing up, you grew up to be not that invested in organized religion. Yeah. And yeah. they kind of beat it out of you. Yeah, they pretty much – they very much do. Yeah. Like, it's – yeah, it's rough. Like, it is. Because, like, I don't know. I just imagine that, like, if my kid came home and if, like, Timothy's going to school this year, if he were to to come home and ask me about religion, like, I would just, I would tell him whatever he asked. I'm, I'm all about answering my kids' questions. So, 
you know, I would explain to him that some people believe this. I pro- I w- I'm not going to lie to him and tell him what is or isn't. But, like, I probably, there's lots of kids' YouTube shit geared to this. And I would probably yeah. preview it first video. And, and then be like, hey, if you want to know more about that, here's this. And, fu- like. I think more importantly, though, that if your kid came home and was to- and told you that someone at school told me I'm evil if I think this way. I'm going to hell if I think this way. You would draw a line. Oh, I yeah, 100%. Like, I don't like people who voted for Trump. I don't like people who voted for Kavanaugh. I know a lot of them. People, Some people used to be on this show. I would never say they're going to hell. I think you're wrong. I yeah. think you're maybe small-minded or, or just plain wrong, whatever, not thinking it through. But I would never say that you're evil and you're going to hell. Right. That's not like – what I think is that you're being misled. Yeah. And that's what a religion I think should – I know we got way off topic, but that's what it should offer. Is no, like, I mean, but know. it's not off topic because it's this shit that is the reason that like people get like people get swept up in that because religion is all. In my experience, religion was part of everything in school, and when you be, and when religion is part of every aspect of your life, whether you're learning about uh, like the English language or fucking math or social studies or whatever when religion has a presence in all of it it's the funnel with which everything gets passed to you yes uh it creates a like a world view where like that's right this is wrong so at all costs we need right and so and i think that that's why you get people like this who who don't give a shit about like why all of the very many reasons that abortion should be legal accessible accessible right, yeah. yeah like the, they don't care because they're like in their head it's the world is black and white and like and i know we we Kavanaugh's words don't really say anything about tying this strictly to religion but you have to understand that like it is and you know that because if anybody's against abortion but they're not religious, then their next question would be like, oh, well, condoms cut down on the need for abortion. So right. let's give out condoms. Let's teach safe sex. Yeah. But immediately you run into the wall of, nope, abstinence only. The Bible doesn't like condoms. And it becomes a religious argument I, because yeah. the things that would naturally like – I would be fine with abortion only being legal and only really being necessary for rape and incest and extreme cases of the mother being in danger, certain things like that. Young people who get pregnant and don't know any better. But we could really cut down on almost all the people who get it if we just taught, like, access to condoms and contraceptive was covered. You know, yeah. um, we taught condoms in schools. And we taught yeah, how to, like, I mean, the... People the... are going to have sex. Like, if you don't want them to have kids, that's fine. But if you view any attempt to thwart it, any attempt to thwart pregnancy as, like, Evil. a smack in God's face, yeah. we can't have a conversation. No. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good thesis statement because, like, and I, I know that like you tried to make the save right there a, a second ago, and like we don't want to generalize all people, but like I think it's kind of safe to assume that the majority of people that are in favor of the overturning of Roe Roe v Wade, which we just saw, um, they're doing it from a Christian. Or at least religious, but a probably religious yes. standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Like there's something there. I'm not saying 100, percent but yeah. I'm saying like fucking high 90s. Yeah, like um, yeah. So we have one I don't more think clip. That's unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we have one more clip. And uh, I'm going to say right up front, this is a little unfair of me. I cherry-picked a little bit. Yeah, but fucker. Exactly. Um, Nancy Pelosi gave a speech. She knew this was coming. She's prepared. She had a nice little five-minute speech uh, prepped. And she talked about the devastation, uh, how she feels bad for the women in this country. And I don't want to mock any of that because that's all true. I also feel bad. The, po- the problem is I was not elected, and I have not been in charge to prevent it. And I, I have not done a piss-poor job of that. So I wanted to pick out one of the most egregious things she does. And she's done this a couple times. When things happen that she should have prevented, that her people should have been stopping, she just wants to give nice platitudes and throw up her shoulders like, eh, what are you going to do? But I am personally overwhelmed by this decision. From time to time, I quote this poem by Ehud Manor. He's an Israeli poet. I met his wife when I'd been in Israel. He says, I have no other country, even though my land is burning. Only a word in Hebrew penetrates my veins, my soul, with an aching body and with a hungry heart. Here is my home. I will not be silent, for my country has changed her face. My country has changed her face. I shall not give up on her. I shall remind her and sing into her ears until she opens her eyes. Clearly, we hope that the Supreme Court would open its eyes. But to see the Chief Justice side with this radical agenda, it's just stunning. Okay, well, thanks for the fucking poem. Right. Um, I will just point out, um, I think just a few days after January 6th, Nancy Pelosi read that exact same poem. That seems to be her go-to when shit happens that she should have prevented yeah, and she should. Which, like, let's be fair, it's <clears throat> not one hundred percent her or just the Democrats. It's like, not, and it, she it's, didn't. But it's Congress, and as a leader, you're a leader of a party, and there's only two fucking parties. Also, so, I don't know about like, you, but uh, if I had a streak for the last six years of just not being able to prevent one bad thing after another, I would hope I would open my eyes and realize I'm too old and outdated. I need to get the fuck out of here. I wish... And let someone come in that can do something, anything at this point. I wish that... uh, I wish that all of them would step aside. Like, literally every... Especially every member of leadership or any committee, but, like... (sighs) I know that, like, I've beat it into the ground. But I'm so sick of seeing fucking boomers in power. I'm so sick of seeing old yeah. people in power. And it's not just boomers. When I am 65, I, I don't want to be allowed to do that. Like, yeah. if I want to be in politics, an advisor, some other job, like, that's fine. If Nancy Pelosi wants to go advise AOC, fine. If AOC wants to hire her as an advisor, fine. I'm good with that. Stay in politics that way. But, like... Dude, go away. Go away, Nancy Pelosi. Go away, Chuck Schumer. Go away, Kevin McCarthy. Go away, yeah. Mitch McConnell. And everybody in between that's over the age of 45, go away. I don't want... It's going to sound bad. I don't want abortion rights decided by a bunch of people who are way too old to get pregnant. Yeah. You know? I don't want fucking internet rules based like made by people who don't understand social media. Yeah. You know, it's that thing of like you're too How fucking do you old make and out of money, touch. Facebook. If you don't charge for a subscription, if I move across the hall to the bathroom, does it know where I went? Like, <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck. Uh, it's so frustrating. But yeah, like, 
I just wanted to end that just to be like, look, I'm not only pissed at Republicans. They no, like fuck the Democrats. They didn't, they didn't even let me down. They can't let me down no, further than and what I honestly, already knew them at. To that point, Frank, fuck the Democrats harder because That's, like, and why I wanted to end on her. Yeah, because they came in. We had such high hopes. And not really. Like, we knew that we had rose-colored glasses on because, like, the end of Trump was so so much worse than we all of Trump We didn't know if he was, was leaving yeah, until, right. <laughs> yeah. until the moment it happened at, like, fucking five in it the morning. It could have been a shootout. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that... It, I I remember... I, one of the things I remember from the January 6th episode is that it's such a like that's such a uh emotional episode but like one of the things that i love about it is that we start off optimistic because the democrats won that day like the day uh, like they had we won all the knew. night before i mean we all knew going into january 6th there was a lot of chatter that they're going there something's gonna happen yeah like i remember us listening to it all day on like npr and the radio but i remember i remember like that that feeling of like thank god the democrats but like just do some, just undo. The adults in the room did yeah. something, yeah. And then, and then no. Joe Manchin, <laughs> and then uh, Kirsten Honestly, Cinema, and have the last two years just... of Biden looked that much different than the Trump years? No, I mean, no, not at no. all. I mean, gas prices are higher, which I wouldn't say is. Totally... It would have been under Trump too. I no, I mean, maybe it wouldn't have because uh, we Russia would already have Ukraine if it were under Trump. Yeah, because that's we a good point. We would have kept buying Russian oil, absolutely, and like, no, you're right, but like, or and Trump prices probably wouldn't have been. And Trump wouldn't high. have given the guns because Zelensky didn't help him, and he'd do it on his own. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, yeah, it would have looked different. It wouldn't have been better. But like it might have been a little worse, but it wouldn't have been. Yeah, it wouldn't have been much better than this. Yeah, I don't know. It it's the whole thing. So I don't know where we go from now. As it is, um, Clarence Thomas has signaled in his opinion that he wrote as that a sidebar. Like, that was ninety minutes after the fucking thing. Yep. That uh, this is almost seen as an opening salvo that they might be able to go after gay rights, which was affirmed in twenty thirteen under Obama, I believe. In contraceptives. Yep. Like how, what? What would they do with contraceptives? What is the, um, I don't even know what you, the Supreme Court has ruled you on. You would have to be over eighteen to get birth control, which means that they're just gonna force. Because we all know teens are gonna fuck. If there's anything teenagers do, it's fuck each other. <laughs> That's a weird sentence. I'm pulling but that. <laughs> it's true though. They're a bunch no, of horny no, little I, monsters, you know. Uh, if you suddenly make it harder to get birth control, all you're gonna do is. Raise the number of people that are going to seek out abortion. And we all know in this country, if you make something illegal, does that stop anybody? No. Like, we made alcohol illegal in this country. It didn't fucking stop yeah. us. We made marijuana illegal. That didn't stop. It, you know, it's the most popular it's ever been in this country. Yeah. Legality means nothing to Americans. I mean, we started our country being, uh, like, going against the laws of the people who founded us. Yeah. That's the, it's been in our blood. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. But either. I'm worried I, that we're in for a ride, especially if we get another Trump or DeSantos, that we're going to be like, we'll be doing an episode in three years talking about the fact that gay people are no, like, they're, all their marriages are voided. And we're back to every state can decide if, if, you know, like, return the power to the people. Bullshit. The th I think the thing that makes me most upset about this is that, like, at the end of the day, the beginning of the conversation started on May 2nd when the shit leaked. Which we still have not found the leaker. No. Um, we all know now that that leaker was trying – was giving us – like he knew what was happening. Yeah. Or they, not he. Um, 
It wasn't me. <laughs> um, I think what makes me upset and like, I don't know. I, I know that like Brandon who started episode one of the show would have been a lot more level headed about this. But the thing I think that upsets me is that liberals like bitched about it and like rightfully so and like whined about it and rightfully so. But like, what now? Like, because are we going to vote for another Democrat? What good did it do us the first time? Yeah, like at at this point, like I don't know. I don't like to be the guy that's like I just like I'm getting to the point where I like I wonder like what outs what is successful outside of violence. Like historically, like wars are what like change things drastically, right? Yeah, and like and I'm, like I don't want a war, but like. Outside of violence, like, what is the, like, voting doesn't work because the votes get suppressed. And and the votes exist in a system of, of electoral votes that mean more and weight the scale. And, like, it's just, what? I've been thinking if, more about the, with, when that leaked in on May 2nd, like, shouldn't every courthouse be, like, damaged <laughs> like, you would think the response would be now the problem is that the people who are responding don't want like violence what happens when you get a bunch of pacifist people who passionately believe an idea i mean you can be it's that martin luther king thing you can um you can meet violence with passive aggressiveness right right but you have to be able to take your lumps because you're going to get hurt they're yeah. going to hose you they're going to beat you they're going to jail you like is that the only option that we have to like martyr ourselves for the cause for the next for the next generation? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want that to be the... The case. Well, because, like, that's a shitty existence for us. <laughs> like, we've, well, survived, we've survived so much bullshit already as a generation. I've been thinking <laughs> like, a lot about the people who... I'm going to have to fucking martyr myself now in, like, five years. What been, the fuck kind of ride was this? I've been thinking a lot about the people recently who are stuck in the middle of violence and who don't get on either side. Even if they believe one side is right, because of like they have a uh, you you probably haven't watched a Dairy Girls no said in Ireland during the Troubles, but they talk but like it's just that like a dad and a mom who are like a family and they're in the middle of this intense Protestant versus Catholic violence and they're clearly they're Catholics like they have a side but they're not gonna get involved because like that their family is more important right and that mystifies me because like. There becomes a point when they don't let your family live a life that you find acceptable that you're going to have to fight. Yeah. And that's, like, pretty much the only way wars end. When people get tired enough that they get enough yeah. violence or anger. I don't know. It's weird to do a episode of TDAP and, like, pretty much just stick hardline to a subject. Uh, yeah. You know, like... Because, like, part of me, the thought coming into this, like, oh, we'll probably talk about uh, January 6th and uh, even maybe the fucking stupid Texas succeeding or whatever nonsense. Uh, please go. Please yeah, please go. go. Uh, and Take take Louisiana with you yeah, in Florida. Take your electoral votes and Alex Jones, Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, that would be great. Um, and Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, they really should become. They, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take them with you. Be Mexico. Like that is that would be great. Be your own, be your own state. Just understand what your constitution says, because like it doesn't say what you think it does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I knew that this was gonna be a tough topic, though, um, because it's a tough time. Like it sucks. I 
you ruined my the start of my day by sending me this, and now you've ruined the end of my day by having this conversation with me. But I mean, I appreciate it. I think it's good. I enjoy being back on uh, on this feed for sure. Next time we'll have to do it with Jim. Um, and yeah, for listeners, you can. I don't know. What do we do now? Like we I pretty guess, much are like I don't know that we off of social media. Yeah, we don't really use social media anymore. We're old. But uh, we're old, but we're also pissed off. I don't like, know that we've made it abundantly clear. I know we've like put episodes, but like we do have another podcast called Un-American, which you can find pretty easily. Uh, yeah, um, um, you can find yeah on any podcatcher, Spotify, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a link somewhere in the description of this podcast that leads you to it. Yeah, um, where we post more regularly. So I would just say if you like. Yeah, care we, about what we say. Listen to that. Yeah, we also have a bonus pod with that one right. um, over on Patreon dot com slash unamerican so you can check that out too we've never really uh, given up about talking about politics we just realized we had to format it in a way that didn't want like this is hard to do every night and it makes you want to burn down everything well when you talk about i guess in some ways they're very similar because we do talk about a lot of like we talk about people on Un-American. And, and we talk about the exact same subjects the exact same things that are in the news we just frame them and Instead of doing five or six stories that uh, make us depressed, we focus on one story that makes us depressed, and we filter it through the the mouth of someone who's kind of an idiot. Yeah, um, or like mostly a fascist. Like, mostly, it, it sometimes they're just grifters. Yeah. But we've <laughs> that came off. I think that that American came off of the the um, the the anger that you feel in the bullets to ballots episode, the January sixth episode. Uh, of this show is just like now I just want to take on these fuckers um, so yeah you can check us out on Un-American I'm sure that there will I know that there will be episodes uh, up soon because like I have a plethora of them for different reasons and once uh, Jim gets off paternity leave here we'll we'll get Man, back to does it seem like every time we take a mental health break the the universe just like, oh yeah, you want to take a break for your mental health? Well, now we're gonna <laughs> force you to come back with the most depressing news you covered in yeah, six months. It really does. It really does feel that way. Yeah. But I also think that like we are now living, especially <laughs> the, since like 2016. I like, love yo, the I idea that like it. Kavanaugh had like it May second they had it and they're like we could release it now, but hang on, hang on, they're about to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's wait till the end of it. Right. When's um, Jim's baby due? All right, the day after. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just fuck all. You know what I do get to do again though, Frank, the which I haven't done for a very, very long time. What's that? Here it is. Your alternative oh, fact of the week. Shit. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. 